0: recording in progress
1: thank you all so much for joining me before I begin, I need to pray father God we just come boldly before your throne of grace we thank you so much for just being full-time in our life we ask that you please allow us to receive your word today let it marinate in our hearts let us be able to apply what we need to Um, God just keep our hearts softened and melted for you God Allow us to be more like you. Allow our our thinking is attached to you. Our actions is attached to you. Our love is attached to you. Our life is attached to you, God. We want you to be our stronghold, Lord. We want you to give us inspiration and encouragement and love, God. Just allow us to overcome any doubt or unbelief that we're experiencing in our life. And allow us to walk in a, in a way of righteousness so that we can serve you, God, through righteousness, through love, And be able to fulfill your plan, will, and purpose. So God, we ask that you just please fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to receive and retain your word today. God, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, I just ask that you please lead me in this discussion. Allow me to discuss everything that I need to today. Don't let me forget anything. And um, just let me be a person that can be edifying to the hearer. And let me give hope and um, inspiration to those that are hopeless and filled with despair. In the name of Jesus Christ, please, God, allow your will to be done. Not ours or anyone else's, but yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. So what I wanted to say was um, I want to talk a little bit about what I have been talking about. The past, um, the past week. So I, I'm talking about women's health and how um, staying positive can really impact our overall quality of life. And so I had spoke about my son on um, yesterday, just some things that was going on with my child and how you know we've been having some family issues, but it isn't anything that God can't handle. And so when I talked about, um, you know calling the police on him because I did if you have to go back and you have to listen to the conversation that I was speaking on yesterday but when I was talking about calling the police on him what I was referring to I just would you know if if my child have a gun and it wasn't I did not give it to him his dad did not give it to him so he should not have access to that gun and so I just felt like you know before I allow my child to hurt anyone else or you know, um, we have to just pretty much, you know, deal with what we need to deal with. So I wanted to call the police because he shouldn't have to, he should not have a gun for no reason at all. So he should not be allowed to hurt anyone. And I know that that's not his intention to hurt anyone, but I was just thinking that if you have, why do you have a gun? There's no reason to have a gun. So having a gun, you know if it's for your protection that's fine when you are a license to carry or concealed to carry right so um that's just the way I felt about that and so that's something that um we had to handle as a family unit but um when we think about these type of things we have to think about not only think about ourselves but we have to think about other people that could also be impacted right so um just thinking about the overall you know situation and how what what if it was another person that that person gave a gun to I don't know who did it and so I was just thinking about that you know like um you people are out here and they don't care they just really don't right now I know that we are really living in the last days and we really need to you know get our focus on God and what God's plan is for our lives okay so it's so important um so I don't want my good, I don't want my son to have a gun to hurt anyone, okay? And I don't want him getting hurt. And so it was important for me to weigh my options. I did want to call the police on him because he didn't want to tell me who gave him the gun, and I didn't really know what to do. And so, um, there isn't an instruction manual for that. So I did pray about these things, and God was able to help me. And so, um, I'm still kind of going through some mix-ups with this and so i I really would like for you all to just give me prayer in this situation okay um so going forward i want to say that um see what i was going to say oh so i'm going to get the word today so let me go ahead and uh share my screen So let me post that. Post this and then I'm gonna post this here. Okay. All right. Okay. Alright, and so I was talking about how we could do things and alone in our spare time. We can go out to eat. Um, do some bicycling. Um, maybe watch some Christian movies, listen to some Christian music, and so. Please let me know if you all um can hear me or not. I know sometimes I have the volume some sometimes that it is really elevated and sometimes it's not. So if it's too elevated for you, please just turn it down. Um, I I try to put it on the middle um where you all can hear me, but a couple of housekeeping rules. I wanna say, um, if you have any questions and you're joining me via Zoom webinar, please go ahead and put your comments in the um, chat, in the uh, Q&A, and I'll be sure to respond to them there. If you also have any questions via any of the audio apps like Spotify, Alexa, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, any any one of those, please go ahead and put your comments in the comment section, and I'll be sure to respond to you there as well. All right, and if you have any questions about any other content on the podcast, please send me an email, okay? The email address is info at suddenchangescorporation.org. Also, if you are interested in getting prayer, please send your prayer request to lawslifehealth Life Health at suddenchangescorporation.org. If you wanted to suggest a topic, you could send me an email, Deanna Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. Or if you were just interested in becoming an author, okay, you would like to submit some of your content, um, I, I will need you to complete the application. You also need to get a letter, a recommendation letter. Um, but if you needed to do some mandated community service, or if you were interested in becoming an intern, please send that email over to info at suddenchangescorporation.org. Thank you alright so I wanted to go over a few things here um, oh so today I wanted to uh, talk about I was able to attend this um, basic, basically this webinar it was with Marshall Goldsmith he's a world-renowned um, coach and um, he really speaks a lot of positive things he is a buddhist and he's pretty open about that however um he does have a lot of positive attributes and um positions that on many different uh topics and so sometimes i really find it somewhat fascinating and he um in his uh superb reflections he do give out really good uh reflections and so, uh, during this podcast, I'm sorry, during this webinar today, it was for a book launch or it's called be coachable, being coachable. And so, um, they talked about gratitude correlating with, uh, being coachable. Um, they talked about a lot of different things, but the, the key takeaway here is being coachable is a life skill. And so that's basically the, the takeaway. And so I think. That you know, if we are all able to be coachable in all of the areas of our lives, maybe some areas we are more receptive to being coachable than others, simply because when you have like strong stances on certain things, you're not going to be too um, receptive to trying to change those things. So, what I've noticed is, is that um, we have to be able to like really look at how our daily activities can encompass us learning right so i like to look at life in a way where everything is like a learning opportunity we should always be trying to learn something um so With this thing positive here is do things alone in your spare time, go out to eat bike riding and watch Christian movies, listen to Christian music. How can you inspire other people? Um, we should just be doing some of these things with other people, or we could just do it alone right? Um, Many times when you're going out to eat, you're going to go out to eat with your family or your friends. You're going to go bike riding with your family or your friends. You're going to watch movies and listen to some music most of the time with other people, right? It's more enjoyable when others are there. So what's what's really important here is um, just being able to do things alone. So we have to get out of our comfort zone. And so that's what I talked about mainly yesterday, getting out of our comfort zone and getting into, you know, a habit of doing things that will bring about improvement in our lives. Okay. So let's go to the next one, which is, um, I have make an altar in your home dedicated to prayer and reading time okay so make an altar in your home and dedicate it to prayer and reading time. so let's go to genesis chapter 12 verse 8 so this is the call of abram right and so god was calling abram um and so uh god was telling abraham well his name was abram and then god later changed abram to abraham and so this is what he says to him he says i will make you into a great nation and i will bless you i will make your name great and you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you i will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you so Abram went as the lord had told him and lot went with him Abram was 75 years old when he set out for haran he took his wife sarai his nephew lot All the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled uh, through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray at Shisham. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, uh, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. So you see, Abram built the altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. So, this is significant here. And let me just explain. Um, So, I want to pull up. Let me pull up this thing here. One
0: second.
1: Um. So before I get into that, I want to just say that um here Here we see Abraham get and and he builds an altar to the Lord and then he calls on the name of the Lord. So I want to look at this video and it talks about why it's important to have an altar. Oops. Is the sound not on? Oh, yeah, the sound. Yeah, the sound. No, oh, hold on.
2: Oh, I see kids up here. I know some of them aren't quite. Hold on, let me start it out. Are we teaching this generation the importance of a functional? Do we know what the altar is really all about or have we forgotten? Oh, I see kids up here. I know some of them aren't quite where they need to be their kids and all that. But it's tough to watch the ones that know better stand up here and go through the motions. When you ought to be that living sacrifice. You ought to be grabbing that altar and being that living sacrifice every time you come up there. And you ought to have that altar at your house. Whether it's your bed or your basement or some hole or some closet. You ought to have an altar. Have we? That generation, the value of a functioning altar. I'm not talking about a broken-down altar. And some of us need to repair our altars at home. Some of us need to rebuild our altars at home because we've let life and busyness and everything else let that altar get neglected. Mm-hmm. tiempo altar. ¿Qué mal hay con tener un altar que funcione, donde puedas ofrecerte como un holocausto vivo? ¿Dónde está el altar en el hogar? ¿Por qué? Sea lo que sea el altar, tu cama, un closet, lo que sea un hueco, el sótano, pero tienes que tener un altar, y tiene que ser un altar activo. Pero tantas cosas nos han ocupado, tantas prioridades han venido a nuestra vida que hemos descuidado el altar, y es tiempo de reedificarlo
1: okay so that was um, oh, we did. that was very different right so he's saying you can have you should have an altar anywhere and you're anywhere inside of your house you can have it in the basement in the closet anywhere it's basically a place of dedication that you're going to have for the lord you dedicated to prayer and reading time to god you you dedicated to conversations with god that's what you dedicated for so we see that Abraham built an altar to the Lord and then he called on God. Um you turn to Exodus uh Exodus 32
0: and 5.
1: When Aaron saw an calf and announced there would be a festival to the Lord. See um, so this is this was an abomination that they did though. you see, so we see that altars are a correlation of trying to get close to God, but this golden calf that Aaron had built was an abomination. God said, Do not have any other gods." So we see that Aaron built uh built an altar in front of the calf. So we see that the author is still once again another way to
0: worship. And uh, um, let's look at another scripture. Twenty. Clean animals and a clean birds, flies burn offerings on it. See, so you, know, you know, doing it for idol worship—that is abomination. You
1: don't do those types. You shall have no other god but but me. So God only requires you to have Him as your one and true God, and so no other altar should be built for that. um also, let's look at uh, and I wanted to say that I was about I would say I was about eleven or twelve years old, and um, when I was about eleven or twelve, um, one of my close friends had an altar in the house, and so I will always I was like this was the first time I seen an altar in the actual house, okay. And so I, I always would go there to the altar and then I would pray to God and then I would like put my, my um God's plan. like I'll write a plan and then I'll write scriptures attached to the plan. I didn't know anything about any smart goals at the time, but I did make plans. And so I put this plan in the Bible and I put scriptures attached to the Bible um and i put it in the bible on the altar and so that was really interesting because um i was able to go back and look at it like 10 years later and it was still there i was like wow that's really nice you kept up with that for a long time you know um but the point of the matter is is that having the altar is a way for you to commune with god and for you to have that uh relationship building with God you want to build a relationship with God and you do that through prayer and so prayer is a conversation with the Lord that's what prayer is prayer is a conversation with God and so um I'm sorry you all. I am tired I am I need I, I need to get a little bit more sleep I was up late last night and then I got up really early today um I was up about five something this morning and so um that that was just kind of like I went to sleep around 11 I only had about six hours of sleep or so so um make an altar in your home I have an altar in my home um I usually like dedicate that time to me and my son we normally sit there and we read the Bible we talk about the Word of God um the altar is just like we're we're having conversations with god we're opening ourselves up for god to speak to us and speak to our hearts and stuff like that which is um why i really didn't know why my son didn't want to tell me like part of part of um the reason um you know why he doesn't want to just be open and honest about who gave him this weapon and so because we have a pretty good relationship and i think that as mom and um son like we we we're supposed to have this communication level open and so um but the good thing about it is like even though he doesn't want to tell me everything he tells his dad a lot of stuff so you know his dad will be able to get information that i won't be able to get so a lot of times that's 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 fine too i just right now i'm trusting god in this process and i just know that with me having the altar in my home i know that i can communicate with god at the altar i go to the altar anytime so going to the altar at home versus going to the altar at church is it's pretty much the same really um it's just more believers at church and then it's just you know yourself and whoever else is in your home or at the altar with you and so um you know we open our bibles we read the bible we invite god into our um life and we ask god to just reveal his word to us and then the altar is a nice place to just sit and meditate on the word of God. light your candle um when you're alone and just sit there and meditate on god's word so um we should not do what joshua did though we see here in um joshua 22 and 16 let's see what that says. So um, it says, the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? So that's what, um, this is what they did in Joshua 22 and 16. They built an altar to go against God. They wanted to rebel against God. <clears throat> so we should not do that. If we look at 1 Samuel, um, 1 Samuel and 17 we see no why did i have 7 and 17 there this is 14 and 35 though then Saul, then saw built an altar to the lord it was the first time he had done this so let me just edit this um it's 14 and 35 i don't know why i got 7 and 17 it should be 14 and 35 okay Okay. 14 and 35 Okay So we see um in the Old Testament Saul he built an altar and it was for the first time that he had done it and um, So an altar is something that that gives significance. It is significant. I mean, it's um important for us to have an altar in our house us to be able to communicate with god now you can't communicate with god without having an altar right um but you know like you're making space for just you and the lord you know like when you think about what moses did Moses was up on the mountain talking to god you know and so um god had also made a tent that moses could only enter in and out of now aaron was out there um he could enter uh, but other people could not answer in that tent. So that was like a sacred place of communication that we have with God. So we see that the altar is significant, you know, because we need to be able to bring our problems and bring our concerns to the altar of God. So next, let's look at the next thing. Um, work and appreciate what you have. Appreciation is having gratitude. We need to have gratitude for what we have. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you do have. What can you do with what you do have? What can you do with what you already have? It's not about what someone else have. It is not about what is not available to you. It's about what can be done that is within your means to do. Okay. So we see this in 1st Thessalonians 5:18. So let's go to 1st Thessalonians 5:18. It says, "Give thanks in all circumstances for this is is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Give thanks. Give thanks
0: in all circumstances. It doesn't matter what circumstance it is. All circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus now. Right, my son. Um, that he still ha- he has discipline with having access pretty
1: much his entire life, right? So he knows what not to do. It's like normally when he has he have access to a gun, there's an adult present that you either in a, in a gun range or or doing some professional activity in order to know how to utilize it. But he never had one on his own, so that's that's where the issue became. Um strong for me it was that's an issue that's a strong issue for me because him having his own gun right now i don't think is appropriate um yes he will be 18 in a, um some months but
0: you know but he's not 18 yet when we do things like that we have to you know we very cautious and- This time. And I think that that is situation so that's what god is
1: saying first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for christ jesus so this is what god wants us to do give thanks so we need to appreciate the fact that yes um um so we just have to appreciate what we do have what is available to us And then work towards getting the the necessary things that we need in order for us to continue to be victorious. So it's about focusing on those things and being thankful about what we do have. So, um, let's go to another scripture here. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. So it says... Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving present your request to God. So it's like, we don't need to be anxious. And I think God's speaking to me right now, God, thank you for talking to me through the
0: Holy spirit. Thank you, God. Um, you know, because God, God allows things to happen
1: for a reason. So situation is super fast, like you know, God, you know, like let on it right then and there. But see, what God, God had already put this in my man a long time ago, and I learned this because when I was um when I used to go to work, uh, I was trying to quit smoking at this time. And I couldn't stop smoking. It was just so hard for me. And every single day, I would leave work. And when I smoke a cigarette, I would constantly throw the cigarette out right after lighting it. And one particular time, I started crying to God. And I was like, God, I'm really, I'm really trying. It's so hard. God, help me to stop smoking. Please, God, help me to stop. And I was literally crying. And what God said to me is he said that no one knows about this conversation that me and you are having. So you have to understand that I'm working behind the scenes in your life. God works behind the scenes. So what that means is that like what people didn't know was that I'm sitting here. Yes. I am trying to quit smoking these cigarettes. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. And it was so difficult. It was hard. And um. so God was like, look, I'm working in your life. Other people on the outside looking in, they know that. So you have to understand that what God does, he works with people when you don't know about it. So you don't know what your manager was doing. Your manager could have been at, at, at driving to the job, crying about something, talking to God about their attitude. Their own attitude. God could be, you know, working in the lives of all of these people that we don't know about. Just like God talks to us behind the scenes when we at our altar or when you go into the altar at, ch- at church or if you do have an altar at home. I have an altar at home that I, I, I go to. And so it's like, I pretty much talk to God most of the throughout the day. So I'm not always at the altar. But the point of the matter is, is that God is working in us behind the scenes. So p- what people don't see, what you don't see, God is already working that out. So if you trying to be anxious for something to happen, see, God don't want you to be anxious about it because he's already maneuvering things around and orchestrating what needs to be orchestrated in your favor so that's what god is trying to do so we shouldn't be anxious about anything but in every situation we need to pray and petition to god give supplication to god and back giving thanksgiving And we thank God. God, thank you for allowing us to speak to you. Thank you for tuning your ears to hear our voice. God, thank you for working on our behalf. God, thank you for doing things that I don't even know that you're doing for me. So those are the things that we need to look at and pay attention to how God is working behind the scenes for us. So, in Colossians 3.17, let's go there. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, whatever we do, we need to be thankful, giving thanks to God. And it's like... I have been around people and they, they would be like, well, that's all you talk about is God. It's like, okay, if I come around you and that's all you do is watch reality TV, what you gonna talk about? That's all you gonna do is watch reality, talk about reality TV. So that's just common sense, right? So if you are focused on television shows, most of your conversations are going to be predominantly about television shows. So if I am a I am a child of God and I, I study, I am praising, worshiping God most of the time. So what do you think I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about God because predominantly that is what most of my day consists of, focusing on God. So if you're out here and you're selling drugs, most of the that's what you do for most of your time and sell drugs. That's what your conversation is going to be mostly about selling drugs and making money. Now when you're selling drugs and making money, now you you might not you ain't going to be able to keep up with the money cuz you always going to be chasing after something. And you'll never be able to keep money cuz you're chasing it. So you don't have to chase something that already belongs to you. So when God opens up doors in your life, you don't don't have to chase after it. You don't have to chase after this money. You don't have to chase after that man. You don't have to chase after that woman. You don't have to chase after anybody. So let's go to on um, romans chapter 12 verse 1. it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship so this is a scripture that is so important okay because like what it what it tells us is that our bodies it should be given as a living sacrifice in a way where are we doing the things with our bodies that is pleasing to god do our feet run to do good the the bible talks about the way of the wicked they feet run to do evil they run to do evil they feet run to do evil so like i like what is my feet doing i want my feet to pray be used to praise and worship god i want my feet to be used so when i'm going places i'm doing things to inspire other people to be honest with other people to be bold about things to stand up for the voiceless in this world i want to stand up for the people that can't speak in the room for the people that can't defend themselves, for the voiceless in this world. See, I don't want to I don't want to sit back at home and just talk about the world. That's which is why I'm in school for uh community psychology, getting a PhD for that, right? Because it's about us not just talking about it. It's about what are we going to do about it? So it's important to be educated in this area in order for me to make a significant impact in communities, advocating for those people that are voiceless. So I'm not going to sit back in my room or sit back in the house and just, oh, yeah, you know, it's a bunch of issues going on in the community. Yeah. It's not about conversations. It's about what is my position in this world that i can take to make an impact so we have to be doers of something so if i'm advocating for the voiceless how do i do that the number one thing i know how to do is you get educated in the area once you're educated then you go out and you do what is necessary to advocate for the voiceless So it's so important for us to realize that your feet is out here doing something that is either good or is bad. Your mouth, the words that come out of your mouth, you are either binding things that are good or you're binding things that are bad. You're bringing into fruition the things that you believe. You're speaking them into existence. So, like, what when when the Bible talks about whatever measure you use in giving. So let's go to this. Let's go to this scripture. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to have to go to a different, um, okay, here we go so let's let's just go to I'm gonna just go to mark four I thought I was gonna have to open up a new um internet browser so let's i'm gonna just go to mark uh mark chapter four so Let's look at um mark four twenty one through twenty five it says he says to them, "Do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? instead, don't you put it on its stand for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear so What's hidden is going to come out. Period. So people, you know, um, when they try to have stuff, it's going to come out anyway. Okay. So the good thing about this is that God wants us to be open. See, God is the truth and that's the truth. God is the truth. So we need to be open to the truth. And that means when you're open to the truth, your life is open. And that was something that I, it, I was thinking that was going to be difficult too, because it's like, okay, so everybody doesn't have a good motive for you. you. Don't want to all see you do good. Everyone doesn't want to see you do good. Right? So it's like, you know some people they don't want to see your you do good because it's like their motivations in in life has been declining it's a could be a number of different reasons their motivations in life are declining they're uh they're unhappy or they're unsatisfied with their own lives right they uh want to focus on the lives of other people they want to blame other people for the reason why their lives has turned out the way that it has and see with I guess with me personally I feel that people that make excuses in life they really do need God because let me explain something when I talk about being an overcomer I am a real overcomer God has allowed me to overcome many different situations and circumstances in my life for instance when I was pregnant um with my youngest child i was working i had a job i was in school i was about to uh graduate and everything i um i had my baby and they released me from the hospital after the second day they they sent you home i was breastfeeding i breastfed all of my kids actually right and so my youngest child i was breastfeeding him but I had to like generate a lot of milk and I I had to store it up in the freezer, right? And so I didn't have any help. His dad was in jail and it was hard and it was difficult for me. And so what I had to do, I I still went to work because I had to go to work. I had to pay bills, you know, staying at home, it wasn't going to accommodate my lifestyle at that moment so i still need to go to work so i can get my full amount plus extra if i wanted to work extra hours i could still get overtime pay and everything so i still had to go to school i went to school when my son was four days old i took an exam so that i could pass my class i was going to um, the college of lake county in grays lake uh illinois And when I went there, this is like right back Gurney Mills and stuff. So it was kind of like a a long travel time from my house. It wasn't that far because I lived in the area as well. But what was really difficult for me was the fact that I had to, you know, make sure that my, my baby was with my grandmother at the time. And she's been always my support system. She is, has always, always been my support system. And... So she watched my son for me while I go take the exam and then I went to work. And so when I was going to work, I had to go to take this exam. I went, got my son, went home and went to work again. And so let me explain. I had to have enough milk stored up, even though I was tired. I had to have energy to do homework, to also go to work, to also store up the milk for my baby and take care of my baby so when I hear people make excuses it doesn't work for me I had to do what I had to do so that when my children are old enough I can say you know like it doesn't matter what you go through in your life make sure that you know what you what you need to do just stay focused if 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 you take god with you you you're gonna be able to accomplish whatever it is you need to accomplish so i was still able to finish that class and still pay my bills and still get money at, at, at work so i just had a baby my baby People are out here making excuses about why they can't get to work. Let me explain another thing. This is why I don't compare myself to anyone. I had surgery. Um, This was February the 10th of 2014. I had uh, buried my father. Well, I, technically he was cremated, but his funeral service was January I believe it was a january 24th of 2014. i had to have a surgery february 10th of 2014. this was two weeks after that so i had like a bunch of like tumors on my uterus and so i was bleeding like profusely and i had a lot of stuff that was going on because i i had to like basically get my dad's uh funeral arrangements prepared and i still was going to work even though i was scheduled to have surgery i still was bleeding a lot to the point where i had to get blood transfusions so i was in this process of having i took a couple day off of work to make sure that i arranged everything with the funeral director i paid for everything I um got my dad repassed. Um, uh, my family they did cover the food. My cousin girlfriend she bought my dad's flowers to go on his bouquet on top of his uh his uh funeral casket. This this point at this point this was very hard for me to do all of this stuff, and I just had surgery. I mean, I was about to have surgery, and so it was. It was like i'm sitting here bleeding like profusely okay to the point where i'm weak and i my my hemoglobin was maybe about seven or six point eight your normal hemoglobin is supposed to be about 11 or 13. mine was like in the low sixes up to seven so i had to get blood transfusions and I needed to be okay by the time it was time for me to have surgery. So I had this surgery and I was in a lot of pain. This is after my dad's funeral. Well, let me explain this. I had the surgery February 10th of 2014 was on a Friday. I had to go to work that Monday. I still went to work. And so everybody was like, are you sure you okay? I was like, I wasn't that fine but I was fine enough to look at the computer and sit there and do my job. So when I, when I'm telling you all, like, when it comes to being motivated and focused, I did what I had to do. I don't make excuses in life. I don't blame anyone for anything. I had to show up with God. God gave me the energy that I needed. God gave me the inspiration that I needed. So I went to this job at both times. Like, okay. I'm playing. I had to do to set the whole bituraries up. Everything. I had to do literally everything. And... Then I had surgery like shortly after that. So I still had to go to work because if I didn't go to work, how, who's going to pay my bills for me? So I don't, I couldn't depend on nobody to do that. I, I depend on God to help me do what I need to do. So just understand that when we go through things in life it's not about what somebody else should do it's not about why they can't do this right i have a little sister and it's only me and her and i had a lot of responsibility on me and then it's not even just that to think about that but during this process let me explain something else right after i had my surgery my best friend well who i thought was my best friend she burglarizes my house so with me i have cameras everywhere then then, and I'm, i'm this is a true story she burglarizes my house from the time when she was coming to my house during my father's funeral She got keys made to my house and I didn't know. So she burglarized my house, her, her son, and he's on camera. Once the camera is slowed down, everything is zoomed in. I see who it is. So i explained to her that you know this was wrong and i do have forgiveness in my heart because i do i'm just just like that and i said well if you needed money you could have just asked me for the money and i would have just gave it to you you know so it's not just that it's like okay i went through this funeral um now i just went through surgery now after the surgery now this girl I look, I'm looking on the video and I see she, her son is the one that burglarized my house. So now I have to like, feel hurt. Like I trusted you, you know, you was in my house and everything, you know? And so like, the reason why I'm saying all of this is because we can't make excuses for things in life. People are going to betray you. They are going to let you now they are going to fail they are going to fail themselves they are going to fail others so these are all things that we should expect to have we make mistakes every single day we make mistakes unconsciously and we make them consciously we do it on purpose sometimes you hurt people feelings on purpose You are kind and sweet to some people on purpose. You are mean to some people on purpose. Those are conscious and unconscious sins. So what we have to understand is that people are going to fail us. So when you don't put no high expectations on that, God said, do not put your trust in men. who are mere human why why hold them in this thing let's go to that scripture so we're gonna go to um i'm just waiting on this to pull up go to isaiah 2 and 22. it says stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils why hold them in this thing Isaiah 2 and 22. so what this is saying is guess what it's no reason for us to be putting on trust in people like they're gonna fail you so it's fine it's they make we all make mistakes don't trust nobody I don't trust anybody I know that they're gonna make a mistake, either on purpose or inadvertently. So going back to this scripture here, I can't make no excuse. I could have easily been like, "Oh, you know, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need more than the bereavement amount of days for work." I need more than bereavement. Then I'm having surgery. Then my friend just, she didn't hug. They didn't just stole from me. And so it's like I have forgiveness for her. Immediately. Immediately. I said, you know, I love you. I love your son, but I, I'm gonna tell you something. For you to do something like that to me, that was wrong. I would have never thought that you would have done anything like that. and so you know like we have to understand that everybody going through things we don't know what somebody else situation is like we don't they're experiencing we don't know what they're enduring in their lives she was going through something that she clearly didn't want to share with me and I, I was her friend so when people are going through stuff we don't know who they associate with what they out here doing where they associates come from Who their associates connected to yeah you say you can say you love all of these people like i love my friend but why did you need to rob me the burglarized my house for why again because like i'm still i still didn't understand that i would have gave her whatever she wanted but you know like i didn't didn't make no sense so she didn't want to share it with me. Her, she was going through some things in her life that she didn't want to share with me. So that's the point. You know, like we people out here are out here doing all type of stuff. Nobody knows what they doing. Nobody knows who their associates are. That's like the same way. Like um, I when I went through all of that stuff, I, it's no excuse on my part. I sit there. I'm going to go to work. I know I gotta get this done for my dad. I, I handled his funeral. Um, I got him cremated. I did everything. It was nice. It was a nice repast. I had it in the same building. All the family came, you know. So I waited, cause I really didn't want to have a funeral for my dad. I wanted to just get him cremated. That's my daddy. My daddy took care of me. He took care of me even after my mama spent all the money that that he ever gave her. She just was spending everything. I don't know what she spent all the money on. And he paid child support. I don't know. And he still give us money. So that's three different types of uh, taking care of. Giving my mama money that she wasted it on who knows what. And then he's taking care of us directly. And then he's paying child support. My dad was a stand-up guy. So a lot of these guys out here. Yeah, I I think that they are making a lot of excuses. My dad took care of us even with paying child support. He's still going to take care of us. So, and my mama wasn't doing the right thing with the money. So I don't know what she was doing. And he still give us money and pay child support and still get her money when she asked for it so i i just don't know okay that's beyond my level of knowledge i don't know what was going on there but i know what truth is so what i'm trying to explain is it's like we have to understand that people are going to fail us they're out here doing things they have things embedded in their heart that they doing, you know? And so what we need to do is just appreciate them, appreciate the good stuff. They do appreciate them being a listening ear, appreciate them for just being who they are, but also understand that their people will fail you and it's nothing else that you could do about that. Okay. So you don't just put your trust in people. I don't trust nobody. Um, I put my trust in God. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that sometimes some people look and when they listen to the Bible, they misinterpret it. It's not meant for you to misinterpret that. Trust is something that the American culture is trying to, you know, like, they trying to shape within the American culture. That is not something that you should be doing. God is telling us, do not put your trust in mere humans. We, it's, it, we are innately, and I mean innately similar, but we are different. We are all going to make mistakes every single day. You could have cooked the meal and put too much thought on it. You could have baked the cake and took it out too soon. Now you messed it up. You thought you bought the right car, but now you didn't bought a car with a trust transmission going out. You know, it's like, you're going to make a mistake somewhere. You thought you put your hand upon him, see, all right? But guess what? It's still parts all missing out on there. So you're imperfect. And what I mean is that perfect means tam in Hebrew. It is Hebrew Strong's number H5, 3, H5, 3. Let me go to it. One second. Okay, so we see that the word perfect is strong number h 8535, which means Tim. It means mature in thought and action. So when you're when you're not perfect, you're immature. Even though the word the world defines the word perfect as without fault. But the Bible in the Hebrew translation, it means Tim, which means to be mature in thought and action so if you are imperfect according to what the hebrew word mean that means that you're going to be immature so i'm not going to speak in a way where i'm talking about the worldly or the secular definition of the word perfect i'm talking about hebrew language so what's important here is for us to understand that we need we can appreciate what we have and create positive experiences with the people that we know that just always being thankful thank you for considering me like when i'm at work i promise you all my coworkers, everybody like really love me except for like when it's a manager they be thinking of, or a door director you trying to get my job i be like I actually wasn't interested in working extra hours, not this time. I don't want your job. I like the one that I'm doing right now, right? So, what I'm trying to say is, we need to learn how to just show gratitude. So, like when I'm at work, I'd be like, You just so awesome. You are awesome. Thank you. You're so sweet. You know, you're amazing. Oh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. It's like when you have an attitude like that, everybody in the entire place want to work with you. I had one of my managers. Let me explain this. I was working at GE Capital Bank. This was at, I think, 500 West Monroe in Chicago and downtown. And so um, I worked with a manager. Her name was Kishali or um, I think, yeah, that's how you pronounce her name. Kishali or something like that. She was an Indian lady and at first i thought she was really really nice um and i guess she was but she got mad at me for me not giving well she was upset because i didn't give her my personal phone number and it created like this negative work environment because i didn't want to talk outside of work now (laughs) i don't know if anybody else has experienced that um but I usually don't like to take work at home. I leave work at work and I've been like that for a long time. I'm not, I don't have time to be going home talking about nobody. I don't want to bring nothing from work at home. Unless I'm working from home in my little office. That's it. Other than that, my personal hours is not inclusive to my job okay and so i i was pretty adamant about that and i'm not i'm not trying to be rude i just don't like nobody calling me on my personal phone um And talking about things at work, I don't, I, if I notice that we do that a lot at work and when you're like that and you're my manager, I tend to push back from that. But when we're at work, I'm going to have an excellent time at work. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to show you whatever you need them to see, whatever you need to know. I love helping out. I love collaborating with other people and networking with other departments because we all have the same mission. Even if we work in different departments, it's still the same organization, which requires our collaboration efforts. So we need to be co-interdependent upon each other, right? We need to be able to collectively uh, collaborate with one another so that we can accomplish the mission, goals, and values of the organization. And so she wanted really my phone number my personal number to be able to call me at home so i was just like well i don't give out my personal number because i don't." and so i we we had a meeting <laughs> we had a meeting and she was just like well i'm going to she we had a mandatory meeting that she needed to have and in the mandatory meeting she said it was i need everyone's personal phone number and so i gave her my phone number and then i went and i told her i said you are not allowed to call me on anything personal you are not allowed to call me about anything that is pertaining to work outside of my work hours So if you call me about something at work, that's an emergency or something like that, then that's fine. But I just did not want to gossip. That was like really my biggest pet peeve. I don't like gossip. So if you are doing that type of stuff, I'm not going to really cling to you or I'm not, I just want to come here and do my job. And I don't want you calling me on my cell phone gossiping because my my home life is peaceful. I don't want to be dealing with that. When I'm at home, I value my time with my family. I value that. And so I don't I don't like that. And so that was one of the main reasons, but the reason why I'm saying all of this is because we go through life and we have jobs and we communicate with people in a way where it's like, look, I like you, but I don't want to be a part of what you have going on. So even though me and, uh, Kishwali, we had those the incidents, you know, about my personal phone number and stuff, we still were very cool at work. So it's like, I would show her things and well, let me show you how to do this. And let me show you how to do that, you know? And so it was a very great, it's a good job. Um, so we just have to encourage people and sponsor that type of environment and what i mean by that is like okay yes i don't want you calling me at my on myself but we go out to lunch hey you want to get lunch together let's go get lunch you know it's just like we have to respect the boundaries that some people have and my boundaries are when i'm at home i just want to be at home this isn't like a uh me yet. i wasn't on that job for that long I mean, at the, that was like the beginning when I first came there, a couple first few months I'm there. And so, um, and I needed time to build rapport. Um, there were other people that I, I talked to at work and it was very casual conversations and after work sometime, oh, hey, yeah, let, let's exchange numbers and, you know, maybe we could uh, work on a project or do this, or maybe we can go out to eat on the weekend or, you know, like do something like that. That's when you want to hang out with some coworkers. But some co-workers for me, it it just wasn't meant for me to do that with. I don't want to have that a part of my circle. So like if you're the type of woman that like other women and gossip, you're gonna have a bunch of women around you that gossip. Women who um set like goals and 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 um you know try to resolve things and 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 Focus on investment opportunities. You're going to surround yourself with women who like investment opportunities. You are not going to be sitting around with people that are not doing anything with their life. So, for instance, I have a friend. Um, she does, real, she does real estate and she does really good in real estate. And she's always calling me, hey, you want to go take a trip? Let's take a trip out the country. Come on. Why don't you come up here? Let's go. Let's go out of town. I was like, girl, I can't do nothing right now. You know, so it's like some people they they do want to just go on trips and they're really living life. And I mean, she has a, a beautiful house and, and she has a nice condo and, um, a nice, um, a nice car, you know, she's doing a lot of nice things for herself, you know? And so, it's not about her going out here and being involved in gossip and stuff so it's like you're going to cling to the type of people that have goals that are similar to yours so i want to make sure that the people that i'm around they're going to have goals that are similar to mine so for instance I, i love my family so much i do i love all of my family Uh, but let me explain this i have been close to my family but i don't hang out with everybody my cousin my um my cousin he passed away and we was like brothers and sisters he was like my brother i'm like sister but when it comes to hanging out i don't hang out with him like that i will go over his house and chill or he will come and stay with me And, but other than that, we have a different type of zone of people that we hang with. He had his friends that he hang with girl. And I have people that I know that I hang with. So it's like, you know, we don't, we, we, we'll be around each other, but not too much. Like, okay. I don't want to, I'm not about to hang out with you and your friends. I'm gonna catch you later though. I love y'all. So it's probably like a few times i have you know but what the point of the matter is is that you you want to be around people who are doing some of the same stuff as you you have similar goals and so that's what life is and so right now my goals is focusing on god improving my life making sure i i'm closer to god it's not about going hanging out let's go hang out and go do this or let's go take a trip. Let's go on, let's go on vacay. I, I don't want to do that either. If I'm going out the country, I'm taking my kids with me. They have to go and they need to figure out what dates they want to go. So that's, that's the thing, you know, we all have different goal objectives, but the one thing that allows us to be connected is our ability to stay positive with each other yes, we should create vulnerable experiences. We need to talk about our bad experiences and how we've overcome them in order to provide encouragement and inspiration to other people. But really, we should be inspiring others. And we do that by being able to talk about our vulnerabilities and and how we've overcome things that we was weak at, you know, just being able to just show gratitude to each other. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you for helping me. I really appreciate that. So when I'm listening to people, I, I don't like just listen to them. Listen, I have intentional listening, meaning that I'm showing you eye contact because I believe that when you're communicating, you should be looking directly in a person's face so if you don't do that that's that's considered body language so that's the way i talk to my kids like wait wait you look in all these other look what hello like we communicate eye contact when i'm talking to my daughter what hey baby let eye contact baby show me eye contact daughter so that's how we communicate And it's important because you have, when you, when you're showing eye contact, you're deliberately being an intentional listener. And so this, that's something that we have to maintain. We might not be able to provide any other, anything else to a person, but being a deliberate intentional listener is something that is good. That shows gratitude when people, when you can repeat what they're, what they're saying to you sometimes i'll be so quiet listening i'll be listening to the whole story when somebody tell me something and then they tell me everything and i'll just be listening They'll Be like are you there are you you heard me yes i can hear everything you saying yes i just didn't want just interrupt you sound you are flowing so free right now go ahead keep going i'm listening that's when you on the phone you know but i'm just saying so we need to work and appreciate The things that we have by showing gratitude for that. That means show gratitude in our relationships, show gratitude in the the network, even the close network or the extended network of of people that we know. And focus on the things that that you are available to do, not what you don't have. It's like, what is within your means? What can you accomplish right now that you're available to accomplish? i you have a car if you if you don't have a car why are you talking about a car why are you talking about getting from point a to point b and you don't have a car so now are you trying to consider a ride from somebody okay without that'll be plan c now what's plan a and b so your ride is plan c what is your plan a so because that's just the way that life go you have to you you need to set your your smart goals and they need to be realistic they should be very specific they should be measurable they should be achievable they should be realistic and they should be timely that is smart goals specific measurable achievable realistic timely and you're not going to be setting goals if you don't know what you want and you need to really know what you want by first setting the goal to to analyze it by what is within your means what can you get done right now on your own on your own what is it that you can accomplish on your own next What can your network help you accomplish? What can your extended network help you accomplish? That's where that day go. But before you do any of that, you have to get on your knees, pray to God and say, God, I need your help. I need your direction. I need you to help me with this or God, this is what, this is what, this is what I have. What can I do? God, show me something, guide me, lead me. I appreciate you listening, Lord. Open up my network of people that that can help me get to point A, B, and C, God, let them pour into my life and help me. God, you know what my heart, you know what I need. I just need you to supply it for me. God, I'm going to do the rest. I'm going to, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do it, God. So that's what we have to do. And so that's the important thing. We need to work and appreciate what we have by having gratitude. We need to create more positive experiences with the people that we know by being showing appreciation. Thank you. I appreciate you for showing up. You know, like I I asked somebody the other day, I asked to borrow some money. Being I'm sitting up there, like, you know, i well, I get the money. I ain't worried about it. And when they said that they didn't have it, I said, you know what? You awesome i appreciate you thank you so much i know you know like thank you but it's okay because guess what god supplies the need i still got what i needed and so that's that's the point it's like we're gonna go through things and it may not be when we we really want them to take place but god doesn't want us to be anxious about it he wants us to praise him to be thankful because he's going to supply what we need so we can create these positive experiences by making sure that you know like i want to be surrounded by people that really have good motives i want god please surround people that are not that are not wolves in sheep clothing i don't want people around me that are wolves in sheep clothing god identify those people to me lord God show me who's for me and who's not. God show me their motives. So we need to be paying attention to the motives of the people around us and who we are encountering. All of that is very important. Important. It's it's very very important. So we have to create more positive experiences. And when people are wolves and sheep clothing, you got to lead them where they are. When God show you, hey, look, you know. Let me bag up, bag up. Okay, let them go. And so that that doesn't exempt your family and friends from being um, a wolf in a sheep clothing. Some people can want to, they just want to raid your space. You know, they want to raid your life. They want to impede on you. So let them do what they do but don't give them the opportunity to get that close to you they can try but let them stay with it oh no you know i'm busy today i'm i'm cool oh no i'm not i won't be there no time soon nope i got lots of plans So it's like sometimes like i know tonight i really did say something that was probably hurtful to somebody and it was because i was kind of upset i called somebody that i know very evil i said you're just an evil person you're just evil and i was just like when i after i said it i prayed to god and maybe I should have prayed first because if I would have prayed first, I wouldn't call them evil. I would have just rebuked the evil spirit. And so I just I have to gain sometimes we gotta gain control of the things that we say. You know, sometimes the things that we say can't have a lack of appreciation. And I know I'm still working on this bullet work and appreciate what you have and create more positive experiences. But, but this is so significant. How many times have you said something that was hurtful and painful? I could tell you right now, I was on the, on the phone today, talking to another person. And I, and I, and I just say, well, yeah, really? And they just kept saying, well, you think I'm lying? you think i'm lying (laughs) i was just like ah well i wasn't thinking about it that much you know and so like i know sometimes sometimes i think i could be rude but i'm working on it pray for me god i just pray that I, i don't be rude help me get not be rude lord in jesus name so like that that's what we have to do we have to focus on the things that we are doing too you have to be able to identify your wrongs so let's name 10 things that we do wrong i'm gonna name 10 things that i do wrong and when you analyze what you do wrong this will allow you to focus on new to improve and that will allow you to create what more positive experiences so for the sake of time i'll just get five things that i do wrong so i i'm, I'm a, i just do the 10. so one i already said that sometimes i could be rude sometimes i um i'm very assertive which can seem like a pushover I am well, it could be interpreted like a pushover. Sometimes I um, I don't have the patience that I need. Okay. I just like I let go of stuff very quick sometimes like, okay, well I don't have time for that. And so sometimes I, I think that I could probably work a little harder at understanding trying trying to understand um some things that way it'll give me the ability to know what to pray for the fourth thing is um i am sometimes extremely critical meaning that i analyze people but i could be very critical of them and so i look and i say oh okay well see no, nah, see why did you do that i always want to dive deeper into a person's understanding so i'll be like you know explain to me your thoughts so i can understand your mind and so when you're talking now i want to know well why did you why you think that and so once i find out information sometimes i draw conclusions based off of um conversations And I know that it isn't good to always draw, um, certain type of conclusions. Like for instance, depending on what I may draw a negative conclusion. And then that, that will disallow me from having a conversation with a certain type of conversation with that person again. So five, I would say, um, I'm also, very very um persistent when i want something done we need to get it done and i know that sometimes that can be difficult with schedules we have to work around other people and their schedules so i'm, I'm pretty adamant I'm, I'm pretty um really i'm understanding which is why my follow up is very important I follow up really good with with individuals, um, but the problem is that sometimes I need to not be so persistent. So that will go back to the second one when I said I'm assertive, and sometimes that could be perceived as a pushover. So being too, you know, um, persistent could be perceived as a negative. Six, the sixth one, I'm gonna say, uh, I would say I'm aggressive. I'm very very aggressive, but I would say that it is positive aggression. some people misinterpret the positive aggression with being um uh, mean or angry or upset you know but my attitude isn't the only attitude in the world that is positive aggression aggressive so is it a part of some people not being able to adapt to certain types of personalities that are aggressive so i have a very positive aggressive type of personality all right so seven um i would say that i need to i actually need to give myself a chance more and so, what I mean by that is, uh, I'm always doing something, but I need to just like go out there and just do something different. And so, I am so like I am the type of person that is like I don't believe in scuba diving. I don't want to do all of that stuff. I don't want to bungee jump. I don't like taking risk. And some people. They might, they might know from them knowing me. They might think that I take risks, but in actuality, I don't take risks. I don't like taking risk. So you, some risks can be calculated risks and some risk can be uncalculated risk. I am a numbers type of person. I like analyzing things from a numerical perspective too, and some risk. Are not opportunity costs so the benefits do not outweigh the risk and I'm, i wouldn't be interested in taking them for instance making a the wrong type of investment i don't want to do that doing business with a, a person with a messed up attitude i don't want to do that doing business with someone who is not transparent definitely don't want to do that doing business with people who are not open to have um open discussions or open door policies i don't like doing that i want to do that so i'm gonna end on that and but it gives me the ability to show areas where i need to improve so i need to be less a little bit less assertive in certain situations a little bit less persistent and be more compassionate right and so like i identify these things and those are things that i'm going to work on to improve so life is really about being self-reflexive in a way where it can create improvement in your life so you allow god to come into your heart show you the things that you need to improve and then improve on those things so that is it for that for being able to appreciate have gratitude for what you have and create more positive experiences with other people i know that was kind of a lot um well so um let's move forward right um So let's think about the negative things only as a reminder as far as only as a reminder of how far God has brought you. So when I think about when I was, um, when I had my baby and stuff, my grandmother, my grandmother, she was actually living with my aunt and my auntie she told my grandmother that my that she could not watch my baby at my house at her house she said well you you need um my permission from mom to watch your baby i was like okay like <laughs> i didn't understand that right i mean grandma she always been there for me so what i ended up doing was I helped my grandma get another apartment so she could live on her own so she could help me out a little more. Um, but that was the thing. It's like when people try to shoot down what you have going on, don't shoot it down. It's okay. Do what they ask. You want me to get your permission? Can grandma watch my baby at your house, please? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. And then right after that, my grandma was in home. So that that's the thing. I don't. We don't need to go through life making excuses about nothing. So, if say for instance, like right. So, um, when my father had passed away, nobody really didn't have any money, but I was making good money at my job. Um, I was working at uh, BMO Harris Bank, and I worked in capital markets. And so what i did was i was an anti-money laundering um specialist and i basically investigated like multi-billion trillion dollar organizations and i issued them like different credit limits credit lines and stuff so it was really like really nice working there and i was able to really pretty much work my own schedule and everything um but the main thing was it was just like after leaving home and then going to work it was like okay well i had the plan for this funeral and i was a little bit sleep deprived so let me explain it so when you're working in capital markets and you're dealing with numbers so when i when i look at the the actual account i'm looking at um different credit lines so it could be a 75 million million dollar treasury facility um or it could be i maybe a billion dollar credit line right so i'm i have to look and i have to be on alert so i have to have little so margin of human error which means i need to have a less than one percent margin of human error with little to no error at all that was a very difficult time i was sleep deprived going to work and issuing credit lines and making sure that i was doing what i was supposed to do so it's like okay i'm leaving one space and i'm going to another space where it's going to require me to be on high alert and i'm tired and i'm sleepy not just tired but i'm actually sleepy like i want to go to sleep so I had to, even though I was sleep deprived, I took a five hour energy because it's it's not caffeinated. Take the five hour energy that kept me woke and focused on what I needed to do. And then after everything, I even went in on a couple of my off days to make sure that my caseloads were appropriated. And so that's the point. Like when you are experiencing things that are negative, you have to keep it moving. Even when you are tired, even when you sleep deprived, even when you are going through a lot of things. Let me explain something. Me being in school, a college student, I've heard some of the longest, cheesiest excuses from other students and professors that i've ever heard in my entire life ever i hear people blaming the other student well i emailed i emailed her and she didn't tell me that the assignment was due first i'm thinking in my mind like wait it's your responsibility to make sure you know when your assignment is supposed to be submitted why are we even having this discussion in class this is how i feel like this is how i felt in school and it's like oh god it's so many people that lack accountability how can they they're actually training in school to try to become better people um in the field of their careers but when you think about when I think about all of these things, I think about how much of my time has been wasted on conversations where people in learning environments should know what to do and what not to do. It's like, well, wait, wait. So now we have to all sit here and listen To why you don't have your work again. And now we have to sit here and listen to why you can't finish your work. And now we have to sit here and listen to why you are not on task. So like it's it's really really it could be very stressful specifically when you're getting a bachelor's degree too bachelor's sometimes pretty much kind of like guess it was easy for me because i love the the work that i was studying but um the, the master's degree that that was some some difficult you know scenarios and, and conversations with some people you know like we are Supposed to take ownership and accountability for things But when a, when a something bad happens, it's like everybody want to blame the next person Why There is no reason to blame anyone that is considered scapegoating Don't scapegoat If if we if we are not taking ownership and accountability how are you going to do that in the workforce so just you know like i like i said i have heard some of the longest most cheesiest excuses being in college that i have ever heard in my entire life i've seen people miss classes out of five and still come to class and and it's like what is going on with these special circumstances and it's on a constant continuum basis excuse after excuse or i can't do this and I can't do that and you know, this is, seems pretty hard because you know, that is so hard Let me explain something My friend, um, when we lived in Inglewood, she lived right down the street from my house And so my stepdad, I call him my stepdad everybody in the whole community know him because he owned most of the property in Englewood in Chicago right and so he owned that building and so my stepdad he he always we anytime we needed anything we go to one of his stores and get stuff out the store whatever it is that we want in the stores we could just get it so at this particular time we couldn't get in touch with him and so I lived down the street from my friend. She got at the time she had seven kids. And so I, she she like I need some food. I need some food. It went on no food. Well, you know if you we can't get in contact with my stepdad, you know like you could come, and and get raided right my freezer. I got food. So it's like. If you don't have food in your house, we gonna get food out of each other's house. We're gonna get food. You go bring you some bags. So you can go in the cabinets and get you some noodles and seasonings and canned goods. And then when the food pantry opens, we're gonna go to the food pantry too. So if we don't have it, we just don't have it. We have to do what we have to do if you don't have bus fare to get somewhere let me explain this one time i I could not wait on the bus the bus was taking forever i didn't have any money to get in no um no taxi the cab that's what they used to call them but now they they call uber and lyft okay they was called cabs so that's basically instead of doing that i'm not gonna stand here and wait i'm going to walk to where i have to go when by the time i looked up i'm already at my destination i didn't walk some blocks already i'm not going to wait on the bus they're gonna make me late to my appointment because the bus is showing up late if i have to walk i'ma walk and when the bus if i see the bus coming i'm gonna get on the bus but until then i'm gonna walk until i get to where i gotta go so there's no excuse we don't make excuses we do what we have to do so we can do what we want to do and so god allows us the ability to be reminded of how he have inspired us god gave me the energy to do what i needed to do god gave me the energy to show up to work when i was tired and sleep deprived and now god give me this five hour energy you know like god inspired me to do that god gave me what i needed in order to sustain god gave me the energy that i needed from when my baby was born and i needed to go take that exam at school and i passed it god gave me the energy to still show up at work and still breastfeed and do all of these different things and i just had my baby within a week so God gave me the ability to do that God was there for me God was there for me during the times when my friend after she I didn't had surgery and after after that she didn't rob my entire house burglar ass took all my electronics out the house and it wasn't really my stuff it was really like stuff in my baby room and in my living room you know like this this stuff there that just didn't make any sense but You know, God allowed me to overcome. God allowed me to have immediate forgiveness for her. Because it's just like if you love, when you love people and if you see them going through something, like if they on drugs or something and you see them, they didn't do something bad. You're going to have forgiveness. You have to forgive because you know that that is not them. It was the drugs that did that to them. if your uncle or your cousins your whoever is stealing from you it's it's something going on in their life you got to have forgiveness for them it's not it's it's not they are not their normal self so we have to think about the negative things as a reminder to see how far god has brought you through god brings us through the negative in order to bring us into the positive so i'm going to end on that note tonight okay because it's already at the two hour mark okay but i just want to let everybody know this that god loves you and me he wants us all to do better god wants us to improve in like every area of our life and in order for us to make improvement we have to be able to have a, a change of attitude our thinking impacts our mind and that influences our behavior and our actions so for instance like even though i was tired today i still show up right so it's just about you know us being able to when we make these commitments we need to do what we're supposed to do right and but we need to trust god in the process let your life be open. Let people see who you are. It's fine. Nothing is going to happen. It's fine. But stay positive. Make sure that you show gratitude. You show appreciation. You create more positive experiences. And you embrace the negative things. You, you say, this is how far I've come. And you think about how far you have come. And where how far you think God is, is trying to take you. those are the things that's really important thinking about the negative and how God is transforming it and how God has transformed you into the positive okay so let me go ahead and pray so Father God thank you so much for giving us your word today thank you for tuning your ears to hear our voice God, please allow us to be more open in our lives. Allow us to, you know, embrace those things that allowed us to overcome. Let us embrace the things that you brought us out of, Lord. How you brought us out of negativity and you brought us into the things that is going to empower us to be successful into your kingdom. We want to have success in your kingdom, God. We want to be prosperous in your kingdom, God. We want to have abundant life in your kingdom. So God, allow us To you know, be inspired in a way where we're not deceived by wolves that appear as sheep, Lord. Show us the models of people, God, so that we are making the right choices, the right decisions. And we are encompassing and including all of the things that you will want for us in order for us to fulfill your plan, will, and purpose. We need you, God. So we do not want you to give up on, on us, whatever it takes, Lord whatever it takes we want your will to be done in our life and in the lives of everybody that we know god so use the holy spirit in us to influence each and every person that we know and god let us walk in forgiveness lord in jesus name and let your will be done not ours or anyone else's lord but let your will be done god please allow us to stay thirty thousand steps ahead of every situation and circumstance and making sure that no man deceive us because we have the mind of christ but most importantly god please allow your will to be done not ours but yours in the name of jesus christ it is sealed in your atonement blood amen all right everybody thank you all so much for joining me i will see you all tomorrow remember if you have any questions go ahead and put them in the comments on the blog i'll be sure to review them there i'll respond to you there if you wanted to send me a message directly just go ahead and send that to lawslifehealth at sudden Once again, thank you all so much for joining me. Please remember to share, share, share on all of your social media outlets and like the page, okay? All right, now you all have a good night. I will see you all tomorrow.